The Time Traveling Robots in Space is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It's Thursday, January 31st, 2013, and welcome to another Galactic Netcast. This is the Time Traveling Robots in Space, number 55, from Waterloo, Iowa. I'm Dave Nelson, and joining me as always from Glendale, California, it's Paul Swickard, and from Denton, Texas, it's Anessa Moyens. How are you guys doing? Doing a lot better than earlier. <laughs> care to, ex- care to explain? Well. Uh, allergies. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I allergies kinda, suck. Eh, all day, and I came home, I took a nap, and then I took a shower, and I'm feeling a lot better. So. Yeah, allergies are not cool. I don't like them. No. You all be happy to know that local weather reports at a at a very comfortable sixty four degrees. Okay, we did something in the pre in the pre show uh, that we have to duplicate here on the actual show because <laughs> we're all in very different weather environments right now. And let's let's go across. Let's start from the top left on my Skype screen. Uh, Paul, show your weather. What's the temperature right now? The temperature right now, Mr. David Nelson, is, like I said, a very comfortable 64 degrees in Glendale. See? Okay. All right. Let's move, uh, let's move east and south to Denton, Texas. <laughs> and what's the current temperature there, Anessa? Um, it is 46 degrees, so a light sweater might be needed by us Texans. Okay. Actually, it's funny. If you went to the store and saw people right now, they'd probably be like in a coat and scarf bundled up because we're wusses. That does sound <laughs> right. Okay. I always feel bad because um, I think last week it was down in the 50s and I was running around and I was wearing jeans, but I had a t-shirt on, but no sweater. And I got funny looks because everyone else was running around in like big coats and whatnot and i'm like i feel weird you southern folk you southern <laughs> folk okay let's so who wins this contest <laughs> the coldest or the warmest well, if we're going what is the, the coldest, game sir then it would be dave if it's the warmest it would be paul uh <laughs> air temperature or uh, temperature itself three below wind chill 24 below people oh man i win oh negative three Oh, it dropped. <laughs> going uh, going down a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, drastic differences in our, in our weather where uh, each of us is at the moment. All right, so let's um, let's talk about our different places. Speaking speaking of places we live, any crazy weird Glendale stories this week, Paul? Other than it being very nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Not so much recently. Not so much. It's maybe it's because I've been kind of like, you know, absorbed into my own life, but <laughs> I I can't think of anything right now. I think I I think I think you're not There's always ro- some. I just haven't been looking. I think you're not wrong. Um because, you know, we live our lives, we do our job, and a lot of times we just don't, you know, look up and look around. And, you know, if you don't look around, you may miss things, as they say. So <laughs> Uh-huh. That's true, Dave. True. 
What's that from? <laughs> That's from like a movie or a TV show. Probably uh, I believe you were thinking of Ferris Bueller. Okay, but it also was mentioned on an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. One of our subjects of this podcast, Space, Deep Space Nine. We put the space in Deep Space Nine. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, nothing weird happening. No, not that I can think of. There's always, see, again, that's a my failing. That is not Glendale's failing. I promise there's weird shite happening all over the place i just haven't been paying attention as closely as i should you need to go you need to go visit uh tom Merritt at his house uh yeah i actually believe it or not i actually am trying to get like i'm already in touch with eileen oh wow so we're you know we're trying to plan something trying to trying to do a little get together saying hello cool that's awesome so yeah people that uh, aren't familiar tom Merritt hosts a podcast on the uh, Twit Network, that stands for This Week in Tech, called Tech News Today. Among other shows, he's also the host of Sword and Laser with uh, Veronica Belmont. So um, a lot of uh, web luminaries. Luminaries? It's just luminaries, not illuminaries, right? It is luminaries. Luminaries, okay. illuminaries means it would, be there, it would mean they were very bright. Okay. Right. All right. Literally. <laughs> All right. So uh, anything going on in Denton that we should know about? Um... Not really. Oh, they changed the streets by my house into one-way streets. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, because basically the street that I live on is one way, or it was one way up to a certain point, and then it turned into two-way. And now they've taken that chunk that was two-way and converted it into one-way. So people seem to be adapting fairly well, at least whenever I'm walking to school. I don't see anyone turning it the wrong way, but... We'll see how that goes. <laughs> when I used to live in the old place or in the old city, Wausau, I lived on a one-way street and would look out the window from time to time and see people going up the wrong way. It was so funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, people go up the wrong way, especially when this chunk over here was two-way. I would hear the occasional honking and then <laughs> I'd look out the window and you see like this poor person freaking out and they're like trying to turn into the nearest driveway. Yeah. Yep. That <laughs> so, horn must mean... I, I have a question. Have yes. any of you ever gone down the wrong way of a one-way street while running a red light backwards? Um, so consider something. If you go down the wrong way on the one-way street, you don't see the light on the other <laughs> side because you're not supposed to be going in that direction. <laughs> I've not done that. <laughs> so let me guess. Let me guess. Since you're asking this, Paul... Are you familiar with this activity? Have you? I was once. Yes. Okay. Uh, it was in Austin, Texas. Actually, now that it, now that we're talking about this, it was in Austin. I was not driving at the time, and once we realized what was going on, it was uh, it was a freaking miracle that we didn't hurt anybody or ourselves. Wow. Good thing there was no cops around either. Yeah. Uh, yes, we broke at least three laws. <laughs> And they were biggies. Wow. And, I, you know, Texas, we'd probably get like the freaking death penalty or something. Yeah, death row. I don't know. I was in Houston lost when I first moved there and I decided to go exploring and I got lost in downtown Houston and I ran a red light in front of a cop and I didn't get pulled over. Wow. <laughs> She's so probably he, All he did was he flashed his lights and kind of did the weird little chirpy thing with the sirens and that was it. Okay. Just he what. He wanted you to be aware that he was there watching. Maybe he noticed that I was just 
completely lost. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe, maybe he could tell that you were new in town. I think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking so. I, I had this lost person look. Because I went from living in a town of about 30,000 people to like the fourth largest city in the country. Yeah, that's a big Driving thing. downtown Dallas I'm like, or, or Houston. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. Hey, life. hey, here's an idea. Let's talk about time travel robots in space. We should, because we have a lot space. to talk about, Dave. <laughs> and you have a hard out in about an hour, so we should get going here. Uh, all right, so that's uh, our subjects. What? That's our hard <laughs> out. Hard, hard out. Out, out, out. You have no idea how many different kind of jokes I want to make right now. Yes, Dave, <laughs> moving on, sir. Time travel, robots in space are our subjects and we talk about them in different ways like uh, we have a story a new story from each subject and then we talk about our entertainment picks those could be movies or books or short films whatever and then we ask and answer the question of the week and I hear this week's is um, a uh, head scratcher could you it's not it's not a head scratcher it's a there's no wrong well I can think of a couple wrong answers but it's different for every person. Okay. Very um, interpretive? Sure. That's a good word for it. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, for our audio subscribers, if you want to see us actually do the show live, uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Google+. We'll let you know. And uh, pretty much where we do it Thursday nights at 10 o'clock Central Time, 7 p.m. Pacific, where, where Paul is. He's the... He's the freak that lives in the different time zone. So Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, not really. I'm not that no, sorry. not sorry. <laughs> All right, so let's get the show on the road. And the first, you know what? I didn't have, I, I'm not ready. Yes, I am. Here we go. Sector one, time travel. All right, Paul, you got the time travel story? I do. It's almost like I made the notes. That's fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ancient machine discovered? Question mark? Hmm. A machine? What? From ancient... Ancient? It's ancient. Ancient. Moving on. Uh, a man from Russia has discovered a piece of coal in the Chernobyl mines, which, in case you hadn't all noticed, that was Russian, <laughs> that contains what appears to be the remains of a machine that is 300 million years old. What? Let me say this again. A man from Russia has discovered a piece of coal that appears to be the remains of a machine that appears to be 300 million years old. Could it be an ancient spaceship or evidence of an intelligent species that once shared the planet with the Demetrodon? That's a dinosaur, folks. Could it be? I don't know. So that's According what. The, that, okay, so that was what was on the Earth at that time, 300 million years ago, was the. That Demetrodon. is what it is carbon dated at. Okay, all right. So, according to the Voice of Russia, which I'm assuming is a very awesome radio station that tries to interpret Dave Nelson, the coal was formed 300 million years ago, which is why scientists believe that it. You know, it's from that particular era. So obviously, these uh, you know the picture is you know can't show it to you. But if you look at it, I can see why you would come to that conclusion. It's very jaggedy. It doesn't look like. And I, now I understand. I'm not a scientist, but I also understand that many min minerals and things of that sort can look like 
you know, it can look man-made. I understand because it's not. Yeah, it it, it look basically if you look at this thing, it looks like an alloy of some kind. Another question that interests Russian scientists is whether the aluminum alloy is of earthly origin. <gasps> so not only may this might this be from freaking forever ago. <laughs> is that the technical way of saying it? Forever <laughs> ago. No, I just made that up. Okay. Uh, we are also wondering if it is from earthly origin. It is known from the study of meteorites that there exists extraterrestrial aluminum 26 which subsequently breaks into magnesium 26 the presence of 2% magnesium in the alloy might well point to the alien origin of the aluminum detail nonetheless further testing is needed to confirm this hypothesis I prefer my aluminum to be either skim or uh, fat free not 2% a little bit too thick for my taste Dave Nelson, everybody. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, take a look at this thing. I, I'm not convinced. I can see again. Can see why you'd think this. This story comes to us from IO9, which came to us from Russia. (laughs) Everything awesome comes from IO9, and almost as equally awesome is stuff that comes from Russia. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, the shape is really kind of confusing scientists. That's what's that's what's really getting to them is they they you know it makes some modicum of sense for some alloys, but not this one apparently. It it the whole teeth mechan- part of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense at least according to them. But I I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, the picture really doesn't show it that clearly, but you can see the pattern. Pattern looks very very machine like. Sure. Anessa, are you looking at it? Aluminium, at it. Um, or aluminium, as they say. Aluminium. <laughs> um, I'm looking at it, and like, yeah, I, I can see where there's kind of a serrated edge type texture. And serrated. That's the word serrated. I was looking for. Yeah. But um, I mean, I've seen shiny rocks that look similar to it, so I'm not convinced that it's part of an old machine gear. That, and you would think that if it's going to have serrated edges that there would be I don't know it would be more consistent as far as the location within that chunk or maybe just because of the pressure I don't know but sure. I think it's just a hunk of rock it could be aluminum. all I know is scientists are freaking out man that's what they think I think I'm going to go along with the scientists I think it is something it was a spaceship that crashed since it's time travel I believe it's a spaceship or a time machine that traveled back. Because here's what was going on that came from like maybe 300 years in the future where time travel, duh, exists. So they wanted to go back 300 and 300, 3,300 million years ago because we have to factor in the 300 years in the future. But they wanted to see what it was like back then and something happened, a malfunction of their time machine, and they got stuck back. 300 million years ago and we're just discovering the remnants of their time machine i'm gonna go with this is from way far into the future they realize that they have to make some they have to change something fundamental in order to save the species they 
they overshoot it and go too far back. Okay. So kind of similar, but this is like, you know, this isn't just, you know, trying to see what things are like. This is, you know, we got to we got to change something. Or maybe, huh, maybe they were successful in their mission and they knew they couldn't go back. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know if they were successful or not. Right. You know, if the uh-huh. timeline changed, we wouldn't know. See? That's what's going on here. So, I, that's, I, I, Why don't scientists come to us? I know. We can give them all kinds of theories. <laughs> we're making movie plots. We're having scientific theories. So, Anessa, what's your time travel theory, if you have one? Um, as far as, like, the purpose of them going back? No, of, 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 this, of this rock that looks like a machine. Explain its origin. If it, if it had a time travel <laughs> aspect origin to it, what would the story be? This, the story would be people wanted to go back to the early Permian period and check out um, Pangaea. <laughs> oh, wait. I think, it was, I think it was during the early... Well, I, I think Pangaea was around at that time. Okay, so. all right. Yeah. Sweet. They, wanted, they, they probably wanted to go back and actually see if this whole tectonic plate process is actually a real thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, I like your theory. I have no idea. I like it. I like it. So. All right. Sweet. So uh, we may never know. Or we may know next week. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> yes. All right, we would love your feedback. What do you think that rock is that looks like a machine? Let us know. Call our voicemail number, as people sometimes do. The number is 805. That's a Southern California area code, by the way. 328-3966. Or ye old email. The address is galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. Let's move on. To this. How, how'd you like that? Very dramatic? It was good. I, I like it. All right. Okay. So, uh, Robot Story. What? Uh, Anessa, that's you. That's me. And pardon me while I spew. I'm sorry. Nice. Um, <laughs> and that was for science, by the way. That's right. There is a robot that pukes for science. I love it. Sweet. <laughs> It's like full-on exorcist projectile vomit. <laughs> um, <laughs> this robot, this robot, pukes so we don't have to. Um, its name is Larry, the projectile vomiting robot, <laughs> and he spews all over the place. He was created by microbiologist Catherine Mackison Booth at the United Kingdom's Health and Safety Laboratory or Laboratory. In the occupational hygiene unit. <laughs> is it laboratory? Because that's it's a British thing. Is that? It's a British thing. It's laboratory. Right. <laughs> the lab scientists hope this robot can show exactly how the norovirus, which causes violent vomiting, spreads from human to human. Once we know where the puke goes, we can contain the virus better. <clears throat> Dave looks sick. <laughs> it should be called the puking. Um, Fortunately, Larry isn't full of real human vomit. Instead, Larry is an open-mouthed dummy like the kind of medical, the kind that medical students use to practice intubations mounted on a five-foot tall frame. His esophagus is attached to a cylinder filled with water and fluorescent liquid. When it's time to go, uh, the scientists use a special pump to propel the liquid out through Larry's mouth opening. 
um, according to ABC News' Aaron McLaughlin. Uh, once the robot has finished puking, the lab scientists use the ultraviolet light to see where the liquid has traveled across the grid on the floor. Larry's puke goes quite the distance, too, the projectile falling nearly 10 feet from his face. <laughs> uh, Holy crap! That, that's a <laughs> heck of a... He's got some reach there. Yeah. <laughs> so the norovirus, the, the norovirus is, is bad, so... Um, in the UK alone, more than 888,000 cases have been reported since last summer. Jesus. The BBC's Smitha Munsad pointed to a case in Washington State where a girl at a soccer tournament got sick. Particles containing the virus landed on a reusable grocery bag in her bathroom. Though she had no contact with the bag and left the tournament early, the bag ended up in her team's hotel room where it was used to pass around snacks they all ate. You can guess what happened. Mm. <laughs> As Anthony Carboni pointed out on the news recently, norovirus particles are quite hardy. Once on hard surfaces, it can cause problems for weeks. And if it gets into water, the stuff can stick around for months. That's why we need Larry. He'll show us the virus particles' true, widespread, and nasty path. The health and safety lab was kind enough to post a YouTube video of Larry puking gloriously in slow motion for all of us to enjoy. And yes, we will, um, we will put that link in the show safety. notes. Yes. Anything that, that helps us um, not view or spew violently, um, I'm all for it. Now, so. uh, Paul, why did, you put, why did you put this story in the show You this know week? darn well why I put this in here. Because it's a freaking puking robot, Dave. <laughs> yes. You know, I've been... It's a robot that pukes. That's all it does. It just pukes and it pukes so people can figure out how it freaking transfers viruses. That's why it's in here. Dave does not like the story. No, I don't like the story at all. Um, I don't like stories about people puking, especially something like this where it's like a highly contagious, robust. Is that the word they used? Robust would mean that it is multifunctional. Yeah. Or, which it's um, not. It really only has one function. Hardy. 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 There hardy. we go. Hardy. Yes, that's a good word for a puking robot. Yeah. When, when I think, I've not seen this video, but when I think of you a should. puking robot, yes, I should. I think of the, the movies and TV shows when somebody pukes. And it's all, it, it's weird. The YouTube video is all fluorescent and in slow motion. It's yeah, just like it's, you it's just crazy. see this like this this gape like mannequin looking thing and it just goes like, <laughs> That sadly reminds me of a few years ago. <laughs> I, I know, we've all been here. Do we? tell. She's like, eh. Do tell I, I see the the exorcist. No, um I discovered that I shouldn't drink beverages like crystal light. Um so I wasn't able to hold any food down for the Thanksgiving weekend that I was at my parents because I was looking a lot like uh, Larry the puking robot. <laughs> wow. It, yeah, it was bad. It was like full-on exorcist repeat. <laughs> People are never going to listen to this show again. Do we have a Do we have a title yet? We've got to have a title. I mean, we've we've I'm sure covered we some pretty good stuff here. <laughs> do I need um, to ask the obvious here? What? I don't know how obvious it is to other people. Do we need the other kind of robot? What if it's like, you know, oh, the, the diarrhea the robot? 
the diarrhea robot. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. What virus causes um, violent diarrhea? Probably the same one, I would think. Oh, that would suck so bad. Violent diarrhea and violent violent vomiting? Man. I can't believe uh, you'd think. Okay, do I uh, just to get pragmatic for a little bit here? I, you would think that they'd be able to simulate this without having to build a robot to do it. Yeah, you think there'd be a computer model of some kind? Uh, well, there there is the computer model, but I guess when you have liquids and stuff, it's probably best to actually have the actual liquid rather than a simulation. Yeah, sure, sure. So especially well, it's like maybe like that and you have different surfaces so you can also see how they're absorbed or if it causes like the liquid to splash on the other surfaces and whatnot simulating liquid movement is really difficult to do realistically yeah Yeah, i mean they have a hard time in movies and like animated movies and video games right oh yeah i mean the tech has gotten quite quite a bit better but the thing is with video games you can fake it like why it doesn't need to be perfect no one who would know as long as it looks right this is what you know they, these guys are actually trying to figure out what is actually ha- going to happen yeah so uh, i would imagine I, you're probably right it's probably easier to just do this and track it rather than to try to create a model that would simulate it perfectly so you right. want you want it as realistic as you can since you're sure. you're you're trying to figure out this is per- a pretty serious subject you know yeah. Right. Well, now, it is. They could I eventually mean, do of... like... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the flu has gotten quite a bit... You know, it's gotten bad this year. So I, it's not much of a surprise to me that they would be looking into, you know, ways to help prevent the spread of the disease. Right. Disease. Disease. Oh, we should add that to the show. Time-traveling robots and space disease. <laughs> So just start making up different diseases. <laughs> Your eyes explode. Can, oh, we could totally do that. Like, where? okay, where's your disease coming from? Mine's coming from total recall when the guy gets sucked out and oh, his yeah. eyes explode. But that's not really a disease, so I don't know. Is that your geek voice? I don't voice? know who I'm interpreting right there. That's I don't a, know that's a geek voice of some kind. You gotta do more of a. You guys, you got you gotta do that. You know when when you're talking about something geeky See, and you're science far fiction. More offensive. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Your bullet dodged. Deflected. Deflect Dave. Deflective Dave. Deflecting Dave. Right here. <laughs> that right. could be a title. Deflecting Dave. Sure. Why not? All right. So I I I want to I want to have violent. Diarrhea, diarrhea in there someplace. <laughs> the title or the show? <laughs> no, I don't want to actually experience it. I want it in the title, in some ah. form. In in some form. Violent, uh, either violent. Asteroid diarrhea or something. Yeah, something. Yeah. From the from the future past. What? <laughs> future vomiting past. We should move on. Yeah, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> like diarrhea is so explosive, it'll send you back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say explicit diarrhea? Explosive. Oh, explosive. So explosive it'll send Isn't you all back. diarrhea explicit? I mean, seriously, <laughs> when you really think about it. 
<laughs> it would give a movie an R rating if you actually had to see somebody with diarrhea. That would just not I, be good. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. The time-traveling robots in space is brought to you by Audible.com. For you, the Galactic Netcast listener or, or viewer, if you're watching us on Justin TV, uh, Audible is offering a free audiobook download. Yes, I said free with a free 30-day trial. That's two frees. Uh, to give you the chance to check out their service to go along with the theme of this here show, may we suggest to say nothing of the dog or how we... W- I wrote this. Or how we found the Bishop's Bird Stump at Last by Connie Willis. Now, okay, anybody would have trouble with that title, right? Uh, some. <laughs> I can see that. Come on. Sorry. You got yeah, my yes, back, absolutely. don't you? Yeah, yeah, that, that is a difficult thing to read. Okay. So uh, the title uh, is a very interesting uh, book. Uh, when, when Too Many Jumps Back to 1940 leave 21st century Oxford history student Ned Henry exhausted a relaxing trip to Victorian England seems like the perfect solution. But complexities like um, wreck... Hang on. What is that word? I'll just say robots. No. (laughs) I don't know. Robots. Missing cats. And love at first sight make Ned's holiday anything but restful to say nothing of the way hideous pieces of Victorian art can jeopardize the entire course of history. So uh, find out what happens to Ned, too, to say nothing of the dog or how we found the Bishop's Bird Stomp at last by Connie Willis on audible.com. Go to audible.com slash galactic netcasts. And uh, we thank them for their support of the Time Traveling Robots in Space podcast. Sounds pretty interesting. That was a perfect time to give a get to play that. <laughs> hey, let's talk about some puking diarrhea and let's have a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Audible dot com, where we make the puke happen. It's it's a good Again, thing. Audible dot com. It's a good thing they don't actually pay it's- us. A regurgitation oh, are you kidding? of information. Dude, have you heard NSFW <laughs> in their promotions? Oh, yeah. This is, this is tame. No, I know. Are you kidding? Ladies and gentlemen, if you, you know, if you represent some sort of corporate entity, let me tell you something. When we sponsor a show and incorporate it into, bake it into what we're discussing, I promise you, people will remember that far beyond anything that you will be able to watch on television. Spend your money with us. Yes. You will get more bang for your buck. Yes. I promise. And you don't you don't want just a straight read. You don't want somebody no. just going and this new product will do this and have that feature and blah blah blah. You want a discussion about the product, right? Absolutely. For example, audible.com where the puke happens is a wonderful service for anybody who enjoys <laughs> audiobooks. You know, and I'm sure we could find a book on Audible concerning puke of some sort. Absolutely. I would, you know, immediately think of a book called The Hot Zone, in which it's about the Ebola virus. Nice. <laughs> Way to have that just at the top of your head. Or did you I, look I, that up? No, I, that was one of my favorite books, actually, when I was in high school. Oh, wow. Well, there you I go. know. It's, yeah, it's... 
what, what the question is? Oh, I don't know if Audible actually has it. Well, I should check that. You could do a quick search. I'll go I guess. check that. You should read the next story. Okay. So uh, yeah, what Paul said. If you're a sponsor, if you have a business you would like mentioned on our show, let us know. Galacticnetcast at gmail dot com. We would love. We would love to have new sponsors. That'd be pretty cool. All right, moving on. Here we go. Space. All right, we've been waiting two weeks since we didn't have a show last week to talk about this, yeah. and this broke right before we were going to do the show last week. So we're a little bit late on this, but it's okay. It's not like we've been late bef- we haven't been late before on things. And by the way, the hot zone is available. Whoa. On- Audible.com. Highly recommended for anyone who's interested in viruses. <laughs> the hot zone. The hot zone. All right. Sorry, go on. Yes, we need to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, so, J.J. Abrams to direct Star Wars Episode Seven. How awesome is that? Let's take a quick poll. Go around the room. Paul, I'm guessing from your gasp that you're in favor of this. It's okay, Internet. I promise. It's going to be all right. I understand there will be lens flares. I understand that he is in control of Star Trek. I understand it all. It's going to be okay. I think it's a good move. I think that this is the... I think you only have a handful of directors that could pull this off. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe a single one of them who said that they couldn't do this. I really didn't. Because I knew that at the rate in which people were denying that they shouldn't and wouldn't be doing this, that one of them had to be lying. Or Mm -hmm. at least... Or at least, like... It had to have been true at the time, but would have had to change their minds after the fact. And J.J. Abrams, this fits into what he always does. Right, right. (laughs) Like I said, there's only a handful of directors that could really do justice to this. Now, if I were him, I would be freaking terrified. I would be just like, because they they will, if he screws this up, oh, he's it's going to be bad. But you know what? You know, you know, J.J. Abrams has a history of taking on things. Like, um, they said that he couldn't do Star Trek, and he did Star Trek beautifully. Sure. Um, and you know why I'm encouraged about this? Is because he wasn't, he wasn't very much a Star Trek fan. He was more of a Star Wars fan, but he still put out a beautiful, awesomely acted, incredibly produced version of Star Trek and he wasn't a fan of Star Trek. He's a fan of Star Wars. So I'm thinking he's going to do a great job. I hope so. I really do. And you know what? I think he will. I think in the end, he has the right, he has the right people around him. And he has, I mean, the writer for this new Star Wars film is great. He, just for those of you who didn't know, he did. Um, is that in the story? Uh, it should be. But uh, I mean, the story is very, very tightly guarded, I'm sure. But the guy who wrote this wrote Toy Story 3, and he wrote um, Little Miss Sunshine. And I don't know about you, but Toy Story 3 was a, fr- it was a great film. Mark Michael uh, Arndy is yeah. the guy writing like, it. It was really well. I love the story in Toy Story 3. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very, you know, I, I'm, I'm confident in everyone's going to go see it. It's going to make a lot of money, no doubt. What's really going to be the thing is what's going to happen if if it turns out to it could be the worst movie ever and people are going to see it right, but if people see it and it sucks, I don't think they'll really I don't I don't think they'll really it'll really hit until the following film, 
And if that movie sucks, then no one, then really no one's going to see it. Mm-hmm. Like they'll wait for the reviews to come out and then they'll be like, okay, this one sucks too. I won't go. Whereas this one there, it won't, they, no one's going to wait to see if it sucks. I don't see it sucking. I, you know, yeah. especially after episode one, two and three. I mean, yeah, it, it that's true. <laughs> you can't go. Uh, it's already been screwed up somewhat. So yeah, I, I, the, the problem is people's expectations, right? Ever since they said that George Lucas was out of it, essentially, then everybody started getting their hopes up again. I know I did. Like, you know, if he's going to get out of the process creatively, which, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's kind of damn, damn George Lucas. He put us in a freaking awkward position, people. He really did. Because on the one hand, he created one of the best franchises in science fiction ever. And on the other hand, he screwed it up really badly. So, I don't know. I don't know. Star Wars is an interesting thing. You know, it's yeah. it's it's kind of a love-hate relationship. I mean, look at the people versus George Lucas, you know? We talked about that on this podcast, how uh, during that documentary, people were hating on George Lucas, but at the same time, they um, they really respect him and you know, really admire what he did, you know? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. So, Vanessa, you've been kind of quiet. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I honestly don't have a whole lot of thoughts because I haven't seen a lot of J.J. Abrams stuff. So, <laughs> dude, besides like Star Trek and Cloverfield, that's about it. I Star Trek and like... Cloverfield, really? That's your litmus test? That's it. Wow. All right. So. Well, I, I mean, don't really have much of an, an opinion as far as like the choice. I don't see it being a bad one because um, I liked Star Trek and uh, Cloverfield wasn't a bad movie either. So those like both. those are two pretty good examples, and I think Star Trek is the epitome of what J.J. J. Abrams can do. I mean, that so. movie was just just gorgeous. I mean, just ugh, I could watch it over and over again and never get sick of it. Now the question—the question I have is, uh, well, I've heard that if uh, if if I heard that JJ probably won't be directing a third Star Trek if there is a third Star Trek. Uh, I'm guessing that Bad Robot that will probably produce it, but um, he won't have his hands on it. If he—that's I would tend to agree with that because if he well one it wasn't clear. It, I think I don't know if they're reserving judgment. But there's no mention. Like we know that there's at least start three more Star Wars films coming. Mm-hmm. Um, they only mentioned that Abrams will be directing the first one. I, I noted that, and that's <clears throat> I find that peculiar because normally, you know, n- the thing is nowadays if you're talking about like you know Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson, it's normally kind of commonplace in our culture to like have when you have a series like that to have the same director and same crew throughout. Uh, I'm wondering if that's because they didn't want to have him commit to all three or, you know, or they're just kind of reserving judgment on him to see if he can do anything good about good with it. I, I don't know. But for right now, yeah, it's official. He's doing he's doing episode uh, seven. It's you know, it's that's kind of an interesting phenomenon having the same director in a series of films. That's actually pretty recent. That's only recent sure. that that's been happening because look at the original trilogy of star wars right you had different mm-hmm. directors for each one i believe mm-hmm. no that's true 
And it's not – I'm not trying to say it's common. I'm just saying that with these big blockbuster releases, it seems to be that you're going to get the same director for the – for, you know, both of them or all three of them. Like, you know, another example is uh, uh, Avengers and Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Like he – you know, the Avengers did well and they're like, OK, Avengers 2, go. Mr. Joss Whedon, you did great for the first one. Do another one. All you, right. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe it hasn't been revealed yet, but I th- – I'm guessing that they have some kind of contract where he's going to be on for all three of them. Because, Maybe. You know. It's possible. J.J. Abrams is supposed to be a producer in Star Trek Three, apparently. Okay. So says the IMDb. But yeah. I don't know. You know, I hope that ugh, fans don't get freaked oh, out. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen, Dave. There, some are going to be pissed and say that, they, that he ruined the series for all time, and others are going to say that he, this is the best ever. I just hope that it's uh, – I, I hope it's as kind of universally accepted as the original trilogy was. But that's that's a tall order. That's really difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't – I just – I'm sick of this fighting. I'm sick of the whole um, yeah. you know, people not believing that he can do both franchises, which that's BS. If he, he's a good director, he's a good producer, you know, why not? Yeah. But that man – <laughs> he has a lot of control yeah. over what we talk about on a weekly basis, sir. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. For most of the time-traveling robots in space episodes for the past two months, it's either been Star Trek Into Darkness or Star Wars. Yeah. Dude, okay, can I just touch on this for one second? I don't know what you're going to touch uh, on. <laughs> ben Affleck was considered to be in contention for this. And I'm actually a little a f- part of me is bummed that he didn't get it because he is a really really good director. Really? Yeah. Well, I haven't seen Argo, but I've heard that it was really good, and that's what I've Argo. been wanting to see. I love Argo. Argo is such yeah. a great movie. That's the one where they do the fake movie in Iran, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and Iran is actually supposed to create a movie in response to Argo. Sweet. Oh, is like, that so right? People in Iran are supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> so, Oh, uh, I can see that. I want to see that. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to see them actually make that movie, the movie that they were supposed to make. I know uh, the the they storyboard. They have everything. I don't know. There's no reason they can't. They have a storyboard. They have like they have a script. They have <laughs> yeah. well, they had producers, you know, thirty years ago. So what was know. it? A, what was it about? What was the story? Did they did they actually say in the um, movie? No. Well, they story they stated a little bit basically they were trying to and i think at the time they were using it to their advantage because as we all know sci-fi is a great medium for telling people that might for talking telling people about stories that might have been too sensitive to talk about otherwise yeah and so it was really about the from what they were describing it's about peasant farmers who rise up against their alien oppressors Yeah. So it's like, and so when, when they were, when this was actually being described to the people who were, um, you know, to, to, to these soldiers, they're just like, oh yeah, that's like just like, you know, they were, they empathized. You could tell the empathy that was going yep. on there. Yep. That's awesome. All right. I think that uh, pretty much covers it for the Star Wars talk. We didn't actually, I didn't read the story at all, but I think we covered it pretty good, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like I said. Uh, ben Affleck was in contention, but they eventually wanted Abrams, mostly because of his relationship with uh, Spielberg. It sounds like, mm-hmm. um, and 
I guess the the chief uh, officer of Lucasfilms, her name, her name, Kathleen Kennedy, I believe her name is. Mm-hmm. She pretty much, from what I understand, she pretty much walked into the meeting and begged him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <do> this. Nice. <laughs> God, JJ's got to feel good about himself, you know? Oh, dude. I totally, I understand. Like, on the one hand, he must be super excited. On the other hand, freaking terrified. But 2015, yeah. man, slated to be slate, that that year. Holy crap! What else is coming out that year? Oh, the next Avengers, dude. right? The next Avengers. You, you have the next Avengers. You have Star Wars. You have uh, Justice League, and you have what was it, the next uh, Avatar? Oh, that's right. Well, wait a second. Okay, you got a J.J. Abrams movie coming out. Uh huh. You got a um, who does the Avengers? Um, the Joss? Joss, Whedon. Joss Whedon movie coming out. You uh-huh. get a, a Cameron uh, blah blah blah. James, J- Cameron. James Cameron coming James Cameron. movie coming out. Holy crap! Uh, yeah, you got. I mean, yeah, it's a big year, wow. especially for geeks. Holy crap! Yeah. All right, let's move on to our picks, shall we? Can we? Yeah. Will we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Before we do, though, let's uh, talk about Stitcher Smart Radio. Ooh, y'all more got sponsorships. You y- y- all got uh, smartphones, right? I do have a nope. smartphone. I got myself an iPhone. Anessa's weird. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you have an iPhone. I have, I have an iPhone. Okay. I've got a Galaxy S3. Um, so, but <laughs> what's great about Stitcher is it's an app to listen to podcasts such as ours, and you can it's cross-platform. You can get it on... Your BlackBerry, I'm sure they're going to have an app for the new BlackBerry 10. Uh, you can get it on the Android. You can get it on the iPhone, Android tablets, the Nook, across the board. It's an app that you can get on all those, and then you can listen to our shows. Uh, just go to stitcher.com slash galactic netcast, and don't forget the promo code that's very important, and that is galactic netcasts. We make it easy for you. So um, check it out, and we thank Stitcher Smart Radio for their support of the time-traveling robots in space. And remember, if you're a sponsor that wanna wants to join in with Stitcher, you're, you're being good company, let us know. Galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. All right, picks. Cheers. Paul. Yeah. Am oh, I going first? Was that a social? I don't have anything to drink. Sorry. A Cheers. social? <laughs> a social when everybody drinks at the same time? Oh, I don't know. What is that? What are you drinking? blood no i am drinking cranberry juice no alcohol in there no no not, not even a splash no okay no all right i'm not i drink socially but i don't like i'm not the guy drinking a beer every night i just don't do it yeah i don't either i drink uh i drank some beer last night um but that was uh, that was very rare midweek <laughs> drinking i plan on doing a little bit of drinking at the super bowl party that I plan on attending to. That'll be fun. Cool. Don't care about the game, though. Yeah. Does really. anybody anymore? Commercials are good. Yeah. It's all about commercials. Yeah. Can't wait to see... Um, what was the movie preview I just saw? Coca-Cola the- is already being called a racist. Really? Oh, that was yeah. Volkswagen. Was it Volkswagen 2? It was... Well, I know Volkswagen had one um, where... This guy was uh, standing in the elevator, and some people were having a bad day, and he was doing his Jamaican accent, and people got offended, and they're like, oh, Volkswagen's being racist. It's like the <laughs> car that helps you feel good, because 
you know, you, I, I guess when you think of someone from Jamaica, you think they're kind of laid back and happy, and that's kind of what they were going for. And yeah. some people took offense to that, that some yeah. white guy was doing a Jamaican accent. Oh, whatever. People yeah, are people, overly People sensitive. are strange about that. Like, did you know that with animation, you can't have, if you're going to do an accent, like with whatever accent you like, you need to at least have, uh, it is better to at least be a foreign person actually doing it. And it really doesn't matter. And it's funny at that point, it doesn't matter what it is. Like you have, um, you know, Hank Azaria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does a, he does a boo, uh, a poo. A poo. And yeah. he's not, he, he's not Indian. But it's better that he's doing it rather than an American doing an Indian accent, even though an American might even be better at it. <laughs> yeah. Right. But anyway. That's just what are funny, we though, about how that racism? <laughs> Actually, we were talking about our picks, which we never oh, right. even started with yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, tell, so, Paul, tell us about I Am The Law. Oh, dread. Dread. I saw that last weekend. Oh, Dread. Yeah. Oh, here Dread. you have it, Dreed. <laughs> Dreed. I was a little bit confused. <laughs> Dreed. I am Dreed. <laughs> I am not. I am. That's the, an asylum film, Dreed. I am the. <laughs> yeah, it's the asylum version of Dread. <laughs> I am the. I don't know, the cook. Dreed. Come have my cooking. I don't know what Dreed I'm talking about. Fun. No, the, 20, the 2012 version of Dread. With um, Carl Urban, yeah, it was it was really darn good. I liked that movie a lot. It was it's really I mean it's there's nothing much to it, you know. It's a very much an action movie, but it doesn't pretend like it's going to be anything else. And I liked it. I thought it was really cool. You have um, what's her face, like the lady from the lady from um, uh, what the was Tramp, it? Lady in the Tramp. No. Oh. <laughs> it was the winter is coming the game of thrones oh jennifer you know lawrence the queen? the queen oh no oh <laughs> she plays the she plays the main bad guy in this film <laughs> dave's got the case of the giggles i was thinking um hunger games for some reason <laughs> and may the odds be ever in your favor what i don't understand mommy <laughs> i don't want to kill people I just want to eat crumpets and what a weird what a weird oh, road no. we've gone down. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, dread. Yes. Okay, folks, ladies and gentlemen, uh, dread is super violent. So just <laughs> n- go and know this up front. It there's a lot of blood and a lot of deaths. In fact, they say like they preface this in the story. There's around 800 million people in a very er- close very close proximity to each other and they say at least according to dread that uh, and that they have uh like 16,000 violent crimes a minute and they can respond with all the judges that they have they can respond to about six percent of those crimes wow so yeah and i was telling my wife i'm like you know this seems like a problem that would eventually solve itself because and you, you know, watching the whole thing, it's like these people are dying. I think at a faster rate than they're being born. And and then, but then of course, my wife she gets all she gets all feminist on me. No, that's not true. But she's like, well, maybe they don't have birth control. I'm like, oh, see, maybe they don't have birth control. Maybe they're just you know having they're popping out babies for the you know that are the mo- at most risk for crime. So let me ask you, how far in the future does this take place? Uh, Shoot. I don't remember. It's like 
50 years or so. This is a post-apocalyptic type dealio. Okay. Um, where they say that the, this is apparently post a nuclear war of some kind, and they are living in what is one of the few civilized areas in the in the world. Is it a domed city, well, or is well, it is it just a regular it's a, city? It's closed off, or at least you can tell that it's closed off. I think there's walls on around the edge of it. But these people, they live in these giant sprawls. They, they're huge buildings, like they. The majority of the movie takes place inside a building that's 200 stories tall. Oh, my God. Yeah, and there's like – I forget how many people they said are living in that building. It's like in the hundreds of thousands. And it's all very urban – well, not urban. It's all very like – it looks industrial. Well, it is all very urban because Carl Urban's in the film, right? (laughs) It is. That part is true. Yes. (laughs) And they also – they kind of got – this was sort of billed as a 3D movie. And you can kind of tell that they're like, ooh, let's let's show off the 3D. Because, yeah, because they have um, – there's this new drug on the, on the, uh, out on the streets called slow-mo. And it essentially makes the user feel like their time is operating at a very, very slow uh, – like 1% of normal speed. So there are a couple of moments. There are a few scenes in that movie where they're obviously, you know, they're hopped up on slow mo, so everything looks all sparkly, and you know, things are going really super slow. And I'm like, okay, that's obviously what they were wanting to go with with 3D. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so uh, Carl Urban does not talk at all in this, does he? Yeah, he does. Oh, he, he does. does a oh. Batman voice. Oh, okay. He's like, I'm Carl Urban, and I'm to, <laughs> went to the Christian Bale School of Acting. He's so weird. It's like half the stuff that he's in, he plays these weird like characters. Like this, he was fine. You know, it's not Dread. I hate to break anyone's bubble here, but he's not a very deep character. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm guessing he does a better job than Sylvester Stallone, though. Yes, and again, not hard to do. (laughs) But yes, I I'd recommend it if you're into if you want to watch an action movie, you should watch this one. Okay. It's available now on DVD and Blu-ray and downloads and all that stuff? It is. I watched it through the Amazon Prime. So, Amazon, if you are listening, I will be more than happy to promote your stuff. Well, we're already promoting this stuff because we have a thing called the Picks page. Uh-huh. And uh, just go to galacticnetcast.com and click on Picks, and we will put that up on the site for you to watch. We'll probably put the Blu-ray link up there. All right. Uh, that's what I usually do with movies is a Blu-ray link. Did I spell that wrong? Did I spell dread wrong? Is that why you thought? Yeah, it was that's different? weird. That's what. what oh, why we were, Yeah, <laughs> uh, dread. There we go. <laughs> he is the law. All right, so let's move on to my pick real quick. I'm going to make this as as spoiler free as possible because you better not. Paul seen hasn't seen this. He hasn't seen any of season five, and I don't know what Anessa's status of Fringe is. Have you seen zero? Zero. Okay. I've so, seen oh zip. So you, so I'll send you guys out. It's fine. So you'll just be like, you'll hear blah 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 <laughs> I blah. I took you guys out last time. Y'all talked about blah friends, blah blah so. blah blah. Time travel. Wah, blah, wah, blah 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 blah. And then I hear my name, and I'm like, oh. And this is thinking about stars and. <laughs> what am I doing for lunch tomorrow? Animation and. This is how little I know about you, Anessa. <laughs> Size, animation. <laughs> <Yeah>. Denton, <laughs> <not right>. Texas. 
Okay. Uh, no, I'm gonna just I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work in very generalities here. Uh, fringe series finale. No spoilers, I promise. But uh, I'm if you watching you, Nelson. <laughs> okay. Brad saw it. Yeah. Um, but if you've been a fan of the show, you will really appreciate uh, how they wrapped up the series. They included a lot of elements that have been persistent throughout the series, brought back some characters that hadn't been on for a while, uh, referenced, referenced things from the past, which was freaking awesome. Uh, John Noble was amazing as always. He was even better than he usually is, if that's possible. Joshua Jackson was good. Uh, Anna Torv was Anna Torv. She's never really the greatest actress in the world, but you know she plays the character well. Um, if you haven't caught up, please do. Paul, if you can get season five somehow. It's not available on uh, Hulu? I think, well, that's a good question. I'll have to check on that. I think it's available for video on demand on back on the Amazon. So I may end up just buying it because yeah. it's one of those series that I've been really enjoying and I may just want to pay for it and watch it. How much is a series? Uh, the series in total, let me check on that real quick. I know that the normal version and the HD version are generally pretty different. Yeah, they are uh, pretty different. Uh, let's see here. Season 5 is available for $33. Okay. Um, that's on the HD. And for the SD, it is available for $23. Okay. All right. Well, I highly recommend it. I, I encourage you to to pay to spend some money, Paul. All right, cheapskate. It's no, not at all. It's <laughs> definitely on my list of things that I want to watch. I, I've only gotten to Fringe very recently, and we just finished the end of season four. So I'm yeah. actually kind of glad that the entirety of season five is available to me. Yeah, I didn't realize that you were that caught up because um, mm-hmm. I. It seems just like it seems only yesterday that you were starting the series. So yeah. Well, we tore through it. It was a good. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I got to be honest. I, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the characters. Who's your favorite character? John Noble. I really like his character. I like the cow. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy the cow. I forget the name of the cow. Uh. Brad, I don't know the name of the cow. Brad's in the chat room. Brad, do you know the name of the cow? Seriously, it's a girl cow. I know, it's a female cow. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, but I really enjoy his character. I like his. Oh, Gene, I, Gene the cow. I like his. Um, I like his struggle with morality. I oh, think yeah. that's what really kind of sells me on it. Like, uh, you know, he's sold as a character who's really done something awful in the past. He knows he's done it. And he's trying to take steps to rectify certain things that he's done. Mm-hmm. And he knows that he's done bad. But he and he and, you know, there are points in the series where you're just like you're like, OK, you, we know that. But, you know, it, there are points where he gets into a funk that he feels like he can't get out of. Mm-hmm. And there are certain places or people that he ends up that get introduced into his life that actually give him some sort of sense of hope. Mm-hmm. And I like I like the redemptive path they put him on from the beginning of the series. And it's very much a father-son story, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing too is that I enjoy the sort of the non-relationship that he and Peter had at the beginning of the series and I like how they grew as uh, you know, a father-son relationship do mm-hmm. i like the way they grew together and ended up actually like actually caring about each other the way a father and son should mm-hmm. 
All right. That's my pick. So uh, check it out if you can. Finally, let's uh, check out Anessa. Anessa? Anessa? You with us? Maybe. <laughs> What's your pick this week? Uh, my pick is Primer. Yay! You know Yay. what? Hang on. Before, before, I have a sidebar. Can I do a sidebar? All oh, right. no. The, um, oh, no. <laughs> no, hang on one second. Oh, this is not the movie I was thinking of. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I was thinking that, uh, that so Jake no Gyllenhaal. I was no sidebar. I was thinking of that Jake Gyllenhaal time travel movie. Um, oh, you're talking about Source Code. Source Code, yes, <laughs> because the director of Source Code, what's his name? Uh, the director of Source Code, David Bowie's son. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It is, and you know what? You know how I know this is because he's directing the work. Of the movie. That's why I wanted uh, to bring it up. His name is Duncan Jones. Yeah, Duncan Jones. He's going to be directing the the World of Warcraft movie. Okay. Anyways, sidebar done. I apologize, Anessa. Go on with your pick. <laughs> that was it. Just Primer. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Primer is a 2004 American sci-fi drama um, that's about the accidental discovery of time travel. Um, it was written, directed, and produced by Shane Carruth and was completed on a budget of $7,000. Wow. Um, and Carruth graduated from college with a degree in mathematics and is a former engineer so if you watch the movie um it can be very uh the the lingo can be kind of technical at times and they don't really explain some of it and i was reading a review of it at some point after watching the movie and it says that anyone who says that they understand everything in primer the first time around is either a savant or they're a liar (laughs) (laughs) and i'm inclined to agree because i didn't catch everything um it's one of those you either have to go back and rewatch it maybe at least one more time or you would probably just want to read up on it and i ended up doing some reading on it um but it basically starts out with four engineers that work for a large corporation during the day and in the evenings they run kind of a side business um, from one of the guy's garages and um, they use the money that they earn from that side business to fund the research for their own inventions and there's a couple of guys um, Aaron and Abe that at some point they were working on this device trying to create a machine that makes things lighter like way less and so at some point two out of the four people decided we're just gonna continue working on it and not tell the other guys what we're doing and they catch on that um the the device they've created can travel into time and so they work to make larger versions of this machine so that way they can time travel and um so, yeah, it's it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> I liked it. I recommend it. It's on Netflix. Um and for being only done on $7,000, it's it's pretty good. Have you seen it, Paul? No, I haven't. Oh. I never even heard of it actually. Oh, it's one of the best. If you want a good example of time travel, watch Primer. It's really good. It right. is. I will put that on my list. 
I recommend it. No, I don't. I didn't understand ninety five percent of the crap in that movie, and I still liked <laughs> I it. It started make making sense towards the end because they kind of went back and like, okay, you know, this kind of happened where you would see things or hear things that didn't quite make sense initially. Um, some of it came became clear towards the end of the movie, but yeah, there's still quite a bit that I feel I missed and would probably need to rewatch it or just. <laughs> what people have said about it but I agree with whoever it was that said that you're either a savant or a liar if you say that you understand it the first time through so <laughs> <laughs> I recommend it but yeah I saw it on Netflix it's it's, it's so good <laughs> I mean it's just you have to almost stop the movie and go okay wait <sighs> why did that happen and who's that again I mean, it's very confusing, but it's so yeah, good. It, it it also, you know, deals with you travel into time, like, I guess, into the future, and then you come back, and you end up with, I guess, timelines kind of crossing, I guess. Yeah. There's a whole paradox thing. So they try basically not to be too spoilery or anything. Um, Abe and Aaron travel into time, and then they come back. But they have to avoid, like, the amount of time that they time travel for a bit to avoid their other selves that's also time traveling. So it's kind of, there's multiples of people. They do <laughs> they do the paradox thing right in the movie. Yeah. Because they know if they encounter themselves that something will happen, something bad, basically. So, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, like it's a really good... <laughs> I don't know. Universe implodes on itself. Who knows? Whoever uh, made your paradox, Marty? <laughs> Jumping gigawatts. Oh, Christopher <laughs> Lloyd's supposed to be in DFW next weekend. What? Christopher Lloyd's supposed to be in DFW next weekend. Oh, cool. Oh, really? The Sci-Fi Expo. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's cool. Marty. <laughs> he was in, uh, what was it? He was in, oh, uh, what was the television show? Raising Hope. He was in a Raising Hope episode not too long ago. Oh, wow. I did not know that. He's getting old. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, you know, good on him. You know, I'm glad he's still There's no stopping A. There's no stopping time. Yep. If I could turn back time. <laughs> if I could find a way. <laughs> See what I started? You're welcome. Damn you, Anessa. Time with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh okay uh paul speaking of time paul's almost out of time so we i am sh- almost out of time we should wrap it up here uh those are our picks again go to galacticnetcast.com and click on the picks page and go through uh our amazon portal even if you're not going to buy something that we have just go through there and shop and we'll get a small percentage of it and that will help the show it will help us all right. Uh, oh, I love this question, Paul. I love it, love it, love it, because I have really? an answer. I have an answer. Oh, good. So do, shall I ask it? Ask it. Ask away. All right. All right we should ask this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what is your favorite Star Wars moment? Dave. <laughs> Um, I just want to know because you know I think I thought about it and I'm like you know what we haven't really asked this kind of question before yeah and since we were like, talking you know, about Star like, Wars I'd anyways like to know. yeah um, mine's easy it was uh, episode four 
I was a very impressionable young man. I was a very young Dave Nelson at the time. And uh, it was one of the scenes that they showed on the TV commercial for Star Wars. And it's it's the moment that, that captured my imagination before I even saw the film, because it was in the TV commercial. It was when the Millennium Falcon is trying to escape from the Death Star, and they have to fight... Um, the Imperial, the the Tie Fighters, and oh and yeah, Luke jumps through the tube, down the tube into the um, the gun, the gunner area. I don't know what it's what the technical term for that is. The turret, turret, the turret, yeah, the turret, and the and he's and he's firing on the uh, the Tie Fighters as they or Tie Fighter, yeah, Tie Fighters as they come in, and uh, uh, yeah, I love that scene, love it. It re- you know what? It reminded me of a World War II bomber, you know, the way they had the guns set up on the Millennium Falcon. All right. And that was the only time they showed that that, that way. They never showed it again that way in any of the other oh, movies. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Anessa, what is your favorite Star Wars moment? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I thought about this question and... Honestly, I I really love it. Ewoks, Ewoks, Ewoks. <laughs> oh, Actually, man. no. As a kid, I really loved Ewoks. Sure. Well, that's <laughs> what they were there for. Yeah, I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, oh my god, Ewoks! And then they had the cartoon, and I used to watch the cartoons. Um, but no, like honestly, I really love the introductions with like the really dramatic music, oh. and then you get like the text, oh. and you you've got like John Williams. Music oh. and playing, and it just Vanessa, really like you realize, up. <laughs> dude. You realize now you have me excited for the next Star Wars movie where I know I'm gonna get to see that again. That's I know fantastic. it's it's like you know it's coming, you're like, yes, just the first, the first note, the first note yeah. of the movie. It's so have you guys seen like, John Williams in concert? No, uh-uh. it's fantastic. I would it's fantastic, love yeah, it's good stuff for sure. I have to check it out, but yeah, I. Just yeah, it really gets you in the mood for. That's a good the one. Stage for the entire movies. <sighs> yeah, and it's a moment. It's a moment that's in each of them, each of the movies too. It's not just one moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it just. Anessa, you just hit a home run with your with your favorite. I know. Moment. I'm not even going to answer it. I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I ruined everything. <laughs> no, it's all good. All right, Paul. What's your answer? My answer, again, tough one. I, you know what? What I always went back to is that I know it's silly, but it's the moment in, in episode four. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> four, Dave. Oh, okay. Um, it's uh, no, but it's that it's that it's that great moment where Han Solo is talking to that other stormtrooper on the end of the line. And he ends up shooting the intercom. Yeah, that's what I always remember as a kid. Like, it was a boring conversation anyway. <laughs> like, just like the, no, negative. Everything, we're all fine here. How are you? <laughs> just the, <laughs> him, him, like, just got a deer in headlights, really not knowing what to say. Yeah. that is. A pr- I don't know why that stuck with me, but it did. It's still, like, I just laugh every time. That's a classic moment. That that first, episode four, is, it's full of those moments, you know? Which is something I hope they capture in this episode seven. I hope they, I hope JJ yeah. takes the essence <clears throat> of episode four 
and that and uses it as his basis for episode seven. You know, we'll see. I mean, well, it is supposed to be a continuation of the story, so uh, I'm kind of curious to see what direction they're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to follow Luke's kids or Han and Leia's kids? Because they both have had kids yeah. on the real lore. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Or if will they bring back you know the original actors as old people you know that I, that's a possibility too maybe maybe hard to say all right we'll find out in 2015 yeah <laughs> come back to us in two years yeah. <laughs> all right uh, that's gonna do it right you guys satisfied with w- what we did tonight that's a good show all right oh, yeah definitely happy and it's uh, exactly when Paul needs to leave so uh, hey. it's good timing. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Oh, you know what? Before we do, we have feedback this week real quick. Uh, awesome. Somebody left a comment on our blog, which is the blog for the show, where the show resides, which is timetravelingrobotsinspace.blogspot.com. And the comment was on episode 54, Elevator Pitch. Remember that episode? 54. Yeah, yes, that I was do. so long ago. So was, long ago. Yeah. so it's from orion kessel that's the name of the guy at least i think it's a guy i don't know could be a girl too i guess uh and he and he she says the show is awesome educational and entertaining i've been listening since late last year and i've been hooked ever since the dialogue about the pianist (laughs) (laughs) the pianist initiate 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 in this episode had me laughing for hours. <laughs> uh, it's all coming awesome. back to me now. I remember that. Yep. Uh, thanks for all the TV, movie, and book suggestions. Here is one in return, which combines all three elements, time travel, robots, and space. And he left a link to the Transformers Forever is a Long Time episode of the original Transformers TV show. Cool. So we'll, we'll pop that in the show notes, and you guys can watch it. Watch some Transformers. Robots in disguise. Nice. Awesome. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Time Traveling Robots in Space. Number 55. Thanks for joining us, guys. And final thoughts. Be excellent <laughs> to each other. What Paul said. Okay. That'll be your final thought, too? Yes. It's a good one. All right. It is a good one. All right. We'll talk to you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Leave your hailing frequencies open and scanners on full because another Galactic Netcast will be approaching your coordinates soon. For more information, go to galacticnetcasts.com.